Um, If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, and specifically verse 105. And today's message is just a little bit different than normal in that I um, am feeling led to share testimony today. That's going to be a bulk of what this is, and I, uh, I'm just praying that the Lord would use this. Um, and I've um, written a variety of things down, things to touch on in my own journey, and my family's journey. Um, but it's specific with Psalm 119, verse 105, uh, which we'll read here in a minute. And so I just want to pray and ask the Lord to bless this time together. Um, so would you please join me in prayer before we begin? Father, thank you for this opportunity to gather together in worship, and now as we spend time here in the Word and, and in testimony, Lord, I pray that you would use me to share your heart and, Lord, your desire to be involved in people's lives. And, Lord, I'm, I'm nobody special, and I'm just a normal person and in need of your grace and mercy And Lord, as you've moved in my life, in my family's life, I pray that, Lord, the things you once said would come out here today. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts would uh, be ready to receive. I pray over the children's ministry and ask for a blessing on their time. And we just thank you for each and every one of them. And we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. So Psalm 119, 105, it was the verse for the week. Thy word, speaking about God's word here, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Okay, very simple scripture here, but profound. Because I feel like there's been several instances in my life where, man, that lamp is right out in front of me. And there's times where I didn't necessarily know uh, what was going on a year or two from then, but... The Lord just tells you to step, and so you keep stepping where the Lord is leading down this path. But it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I grew up in the Pomeroy area. You all know where that's at? Anybody? Okay. And there was this school district called Pomeroy Palmer. Any alum in the house today? Okay. Woot, woot. Yeah. <laughs> The Knights, right? Okay. And so I grew up in that area and went to school there for my entire elementary and high school years. And I grew up in a great church, a Bible-believing church, a gospel-preaching church. As a kid, I remember going to different youth groups, my own included as well, and also doing Bible verse memorization and um, we had to go through that, and as you memorize, if you memorize the entire uh, the section for you that year, then you got um, a free scholarship to go to Bible camp. And so we would memorize the Word, and, um, and I also remember receiving Christ in third grade at this Bible camp in Washington, Iowa. And um, powerful experience. I just remember weeping as a third grader. 
I just had this also relief going on while I was um, receiving Christ. I just couldn't fully explain it, but I look back in my life and I believe that is the moment where I received Christ. And, um, you know, growing up in a, a, a good family, um, yes, just plug that one in there. And um, for me, though, um, Jesus was important, church was important, but I'll admit to you, consistent time in the Word wasn't really important for me. Okay? So I was doing a lot of the activities, and I knew that Jesus was a big deal, and I also knew that the Word was a big deal. I mean, we'd, we'd say, well, what does the Bible say? And, and well, that's not what the Bible says. So I, you know, or the Bible says don't do this, so I shouldn't do this. And, but I wasn't necessarily engaging with it on a deep personal level. Didn't necessarily make it a priority. And then I remember in kind of that middle school, high school range, um, I was given a Bible, an FCA Bible, uh, and uh, this was what I used when I was in high school. And I remember, you know, using this at different studies or going to youth group or for my own personal journey, and it was great. And that's what I had, um, I'd say, for my high school years and then going into college. And, um, but in the midst of that, I will just say, this was something that probably sat on the shelf most of the time. Can anybody relate with me on that? I didn't necessarily make God's Word a priority, and there were many years where I, I wandered around. I was kind of aimlessly going about all these things that the world had to offer. I was in a couple of bands in a span of four years. We played lots of bars and casinos and different things like that. And the atmosphere was very much a a party, lots of drinking. And um, in the midst of that, I kind of lived a double life. I'd, I'd go to church, serve on the worship team things like that, and then, uh, but I'd be half awake because I didn't get home till 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning because we had to load all our gear up and come home. And this is, was the way of life for me for a period of my life. And I was wandering. And it was my senior year of college at Buena Vista University. I was 22 years old, and um, I was getting ready for what might be next. It's a big world and there's lots of opportunity out there. What am I supposed to do with my life? And so it was in the midst of that and, and just processing that. And the weight of that led me to my knees in my dorm room in Storm Lake. And it was in that prayer I'm asking the Lord to basically have his way with my life. Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. That there's a day in my own life where I will stand before him and I will have to give an account. And Lord, when I do so, I want to be able to tell you I did what you asked me to do. And if you're living a double life, just think of that day when you stand before the Lord. What are you going to say? And for me, I wanted to clear that up a little bit. A lot of it, I guess I should say. And so it was in that season of life that I felt like the Lord was telling me to move to Minnesota. And so I graduated from BV, 
and um, I moved up to Minnesota to serve with a ministry called CTI Music Ministries, or Carpenters Tools International. And I was there, I was in their booking department, and we would send teams out all across the U.S. and Canada. And um, Brian Wasty, I think you were a part of CTI back in the day, and um, so a little connection there. And uh, blast from the past, right, just bringing that up. But in the midst of that, um, there was a real interesting learning experience through serving on that team that I began to understand that God is a very personal God that wants to be involved in your life every day, not just on the weekend, on Sunday mornings, but God wants to move and speak, and He wants you to respond every single day. And as I began to walk deeper with the Lord, I began to, to discover more and more of who He was and how faithful He is and how He provides And I know I've probably said some of these things several times in my 12 years of being here, but there were times where finances got tough when I worked up there and I was basically living off of any support income that would come in. It wasn't a consistent paycheck, and so I had to learn uh, kind of the hard way that God does provide for our very needs. And I saw God's hand move in powerful ways, and then I began to grow and grow in the Lord. And it was also in that time that while I was up there, I thought I was going to be in Minnesota for quite a long time. And I had landed uh, the, the booking director position there um, in 2011. Okay, and that was about the summer of 2011. And it was just a few months later, I was down here uh, speaking to the youth ministry at Faith Lutheran Church, if you've ever heard of that church. And as I came to speak, Pastor Niles, if you've ever heard of him, he was at this event as well. And I was sharing with the students a variety of these things that had happened in my life in Minnesota. And then following that, uh, knowing that Faith was in need of a youth pastor, um, Pastor Niles pulled me aside and said, Hey, uh, I just feel like the Lord's saying that you're our new youth pastor. He didn't exactly say it that way, but I mean in a roundabout way, he said, I think you're the guy. And I'm thinking, I think I'm supposed to be in Minnesota. And he said, well, why don't you pray about it for a few days and then get back to me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just flip my whole life upside down here in three days, man. That's easy for you to say. Well, so I um, walked out of that situation and began to pray. And what's interesting, though, is my drive back up to Minnesota, I just was weeping. And for me, as God was working in me in this new position in Minnesota, I was starting to feel a burden and a call to pastoral ministries. And now all of a sudden there's this opportunity that's on the table. See, in my mind, I think you just you go to seminary for a number of years, and then you go and you become a pastor. And here I'm, I'm going to a, uh, a school where I got a business degree, and then now I'm going to go be a pastor? That just maybe not the way that maybe you would plan that, but the Lord was at work in the midst of that, putting that burden on my heart, and I'm just asking and seeking, Lord, I need direction. How many of you ever prayed a prayer like that? Lord, I need direction. Okay, three of you. Awesome. <laughs> well then, 
The message today is God word, God's Word guides. So if you ever need direction, I hope that this testimony will guide you all. Um, but in the midst of that, it was three days later, and I, I just I, I want to tell you this was a gift that was given to me by my wife in Christmas of 2010, and um, it's a life application study Bible. Okay, and I was in Wilmer, and I was at the home I was staying at, and just Lord, I I just need your help, and and just kind of flipping around, you know, Lord, I. Maybe this passage could speak to me. Maybe this passage can speak to me. Maybe this, but anybody with me on that? Okay. All right. So as I'm going through that, just trying to find some sense of direction and peace about what Pastor Niles had asked me, I, I shut the Bible and I set it on the coffee table, and then I felt like the Lord told me, pick that thing up again. And so I did, and I opened this Bible up, and the page that I was looking at was all black text except for one sentence in red, which would be the words of Jesus. And it said, return home and tell all of what God has done for you. And I was like, okay. You know, like, wowzers. And I want to be careful that in this message today, you don't walk out of here thinking that the Bible's like an eight ball and we just shake it and see what the Word says. But I, I felt like the Spirit had led me in that way. Okay? And so the next day, um, I started another part-time job on top of the job there to help with the income. And I was on break, and my mother had texted me. And there was another church in the area here that my mom knew the pastor's wife, and they were in need of a youth pastor. This lady doesn't know me. She just knows my mom. And in that conversation, she asked my mom, is your son Russ feeling led to be a pastor? Whoa. And so I'm getting that text from my mom. This lady just asked me this, and if you want to fill out their application and resume. And so I did do that. I, I reached out to the church. I filled out their application, but now in four days, I'm seeing some things develop here. I'm going, Lord, what is going on? And then the next day, I get a text message from my mother-in-law, Bonnie, and the verse she sent me was on her little flip calendar of verses, and it was Proverbs 16:9. Uh, the human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. And I'm thinking, in my mind, the Lord has moved me to Minnesota. That's where I'm at. And I feel like the Lord had led me up there. And I'm confused. Why would I start this new position to only a few months later be moved out of it and come back home? And so I sat down with a coworker and I said, I want to walk through this with you. I don't fully understand this. And um, then the coworker said, you know, I don't know where the verse is found, but there's a verse that says the human mind plans the way but the Lord directs the steps. And I'm like, let me tell you where that's found. Because that verse was sent to me just this morning. And so now my attention uh, is certainly um, looking back home here. And um, I came back that weekend, and I was having a conversation with my father-in-law, Brian, and I was telling him all these different things that had transpired that week. And I, I said, I don't know what I should do. And um, 
you know, I think there were some things like, it's like a two-by-four Russ, you know, smacking you in the head. But then he asked me, uh, like the story of Gideon, how many times do you have to lay out the fleece? And for me, I was having the experiences, but Brady hadn't had any of those yet. And so here's where I surrendered it. Lord, if you want me to move back to Iowa, then help Brady to have these experiences too. We need to be on the same page here. Not, this is a rust decision. This needs to be both of us together. Okay? So she was about ready to move up to Minnesota to start student teaching. And I was at a church serving in their sound booth and running sound, and they had two services that day. And Brady was coming to the second service. I was at the first service by myself. And the pastor's message that day was about Gideon laying out the fleece. And he says, there's somebody in this room that God is calling to go do something, and you need to go and do it. And you might feel like a nobody in a long line of nobodies, but God equipped Gideon, and God can equip you. And I'm back there just bawling. At that point, somebody else should run sound because I don't know exactly you know, what's going on here. And I, I just remember thinking, man, when Brady shows up, I could say, wait till you hear the message. But I stopped myself, and I said, Lord, I asked that you would bring her to that place. And so I just kept my mouth shut. And Brady sat with me back in the sound booth, and the message of Gideon, and the Lord had moved upon Brady's heart, and she grabbed my arm back there, not because I was, you know, being disruptive or anything, But I knew that when she grabbed my arm, it's because God was speaking something to her. And then we began to talk about that later that night. I mean, we're we're flipping our life. Just, this is crazy. This last couple of weeks, three weeks or so, this wasn't what we were thinking. This is is how human mind plans the way. The Lord directs the steps here. And so we began to walk through this, the, the fear and, you know, just all the things that come along with, with stepping into the unknown and, and, and taking on new responsibility and things like that. And, and um, it was in that conversation that the Lord had led Brady to look up a song from the band Mike's Chair. It was called Let the Waters Rise. And we didn't fully know the lyrics of that song, but as we were reading them on the iPad, uh, technology, uh, we, we had some, but we, we went for it. We, we read, the, and the, the lines of the song say, even though we're filled with fear, we'll go where you want us to go. And we're like, oh my goodness. And then we go down a little bit further, and it says, you've been faithful before, and you'll be faithful again. We just knew We've seen God's hand work, and we can trust him in that. And so at that point, I, I, in just having that opportunity to come to an agreement together that something's going on, I went and told my uh, employer that I think I need to continue to pursue this path. And then I sent a message to Pastor Niles, and I said, hey, I think something's going on here, and I I think we can have some conversation. And then he's like, great, let's meet with the elders. Like he was ready to 
bring me down here, and I'm saying that to Brady. Now, again, we're wrestling with fear, and so I'm like, we got to figure out a, a time to meet with the elders, you know, like, that's how it felt to us, okay? And so, <laughs> some of you are in the room, right? You're not that scary, but at that point, I just, it was, it was kind of a tension thing. We, we were trying to decide, is this really what we want to do? Now we've got to show up and have some conversations, and and so we, we work through that, and we're wrestling, and, and just uh, finally I'm like, Lord, you've got to help us here, because we're still, we're not at peace with, with all of this, and I'm in my office, and I'm like, Lord, I just, this is on my spirit, I can't get resolved, and I'm just going through, and I'm like, oh my goodness, and, and I, I'm just struggling, and then I had that same sense from the Spirit, open the Word, and so I opened the Word, red text, black text, and the red text says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? I'm like, oh. Okay. Well, then the next part in red was one word with an exclamation point, and it said, go. And I'm like, all right, God. We'll go down. We'll, we'll talk to the elders. And we're sitting in the library here at the church, I'm across from Pastor Niles. First question, why are you qualified to do this? And I'm like, you, sir, asked me to be here, okay? But I began to share with the elders everything that had been happening for about the past month. And I said, I'm just going as far as the Lord wants to take this. And through that meeting, Pastor Niles asks, you know, if we decide this is where we want to go, how soon could you start? And I said, well, I'll need some time to, to train in my replacement. And, um, well, a couple weeks later, my replacement uh, was found. He was going to be moving from Florida to Minnesota, and he was also going to be making a lot less money in this whole transition because he sensed the call to God. And one of the things Pastor Niles had said during that meeting was, if you're called here, somebody's called there. And that was kind of the final nail, if you will, or the final fleece that, that caused me to say, I think this is where we're supposed to be as a family. And I know some of you have heard that story before, and there's a lot of um, faces that are new here today. So I just thought, you know, here we go. We just have an opportunity to share that. That's why I'm a pastor, okay? And just following the Lord's lead in that, we came here in 2012, and um, then I ended up getting another Bible. And this is the Bible that um, I will uh, have. It's just a pastor's Bible. And so there's resources in the back and, and different things like that. And so um, that year... We um, were at Swede Bend at Twin Lakes Bible Camp. There's a church, little church out there that they invite guests to come in through the summer and pulpit fill. And I was sharing this testimony to people at Swede Bend. And one of the things I had slipped in that wasn't necessarily normally a part of this was that Brady student taught in, in Minnesota. And the, there were several board members from Community Christian School that were there in the room, and they're like, we've got positions that we need filled, and they like, 
right after the service. They're on Brady, and they're like, hey, you know, would you consider? And we, we were looking for a job for her at that time, and so we just saw the Lord work in that. And, um, you know, so Brady uh, moved from subbing in schools to teaching with community Christian, and she taught there for two years. And, um, you know, in 2014, so a couple years later, um, Brady started feeling led to pull back from teaching. And um, part of the reasoning for that is we, we wanted to start a family. And um, so in the midst of that decision, we were going back and forth and back and forth and, and kind of leaning, maybe no, I, we don't fully know. And then the, the, the um, administrator there at the school kept asking Brady, um, do you have your contract? Do you have your contract? Like every day, Brady's being asked this, no, I don't have my contract back. They wanted her to sign that contract for next year. And we're down to the last day, right? Either, either turn the contract in or, or we move on. And uh, the night before that, Brady just had this sense of, uh, what's next here? I, am I supposed to sign this or not? And on her drive home from work, on Christian radio, there was a whole program about when to know is the right time to step back from something and to resign in your position. And so she came home and she just felt like she had her answer through that radio program. And so I said, okay, you know, we'll move forward. And so she had told CCS that she was not returning. And um, so school ends and then not too long later, in June of that year, Brady gets a job offer to teach again. And twice the benefits. Wow! Like, I'm thinking, Brady, think what this could do for our family, right? There's things we've been wanting to do that if you were making twice as much now, we could maybe do some of those things. And, and, and her heart, though, was... I just don't feel like that's what the Lord is saying. And I'm like, yes, it is what the Lord is saying. I, I mean, we, this is real life, okay? If you guys think that all we do is sing Kumbaya, then you better wake up, okay? And we're going back and forth and back and forth on this. And, and you know, it got to the point where we got down to the last day she had to make a decision on that one, too. And we're going back and forth. And it's the morning of the decision, about 4 o'clock, and I wake up, and God says, meet me downstairs. Ooh. So I go downstairs, and I grab my Bible, and I'm just seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord, and I land in Ezekiel chapter 34. And there's a very, very strong warning to the shepherds to not focus on your own gain, but to focus on the flock. And I'm like, okay, Lord. So in my Bible, I wrote June 27th at 4.40 a.m., no to that position. And then I went upstairs, I wrote Brady a note, and I said, tell him no, and I'm going fishing. <laughs> I mean, when you're up that early, you're like, I'm going to go catch, I went to Twin Lakes, so there was no catching fish, but it just felt good to get out, you know, and 
So back this up for a second, though, but part of the reason for not teaching was that we wanted to start a family. And, um, you know, some people, it can happen like that, and that wasn't our story. And, um, but what led us to see that I think this is what the Lord's saying is as we're praying together about that, what we kept seeing in the Word was, was things like this. She will give birth to a son. And we're like, oh, the timing of that, right after we just prayed about that. And that was happening over and over and over. And then eventually we started getting this name from over, and it was Judah. And this was like two to three years prior to him entering into our family. And I remember being at the ultrasound, and you want to know if it's a boy or a girl? And I'm like, yes, I do. Because for two to three years, I've been sitting on this, and I want to see if what was on our spirit is actually what's going to happen. And congratulations, it's a boy. And that gift was brought into our family. And part of his story is that we, we recognize that a two- to three-year journey is not as long as some people that might be listening right now. And whether it's doctor's appointments or decisions that you have to make or disappointments in life, those things are very real. You know, and Brady and I were talking about this, and, and we said, today I'm sharing with you a lot of the highlight reel. But there's elements where we're a little guarded to, to, to give you maybe some of those moments where we're frustrated and maybe even at times angry. And there's tension between us because of the weight of the things that we're walking through. But it's in moments like these where we have to recognize, has God been faithful in the past? And, and when there were huge moments for the Israelites in the Old Testament, they would set up some sort of monument, and that was to remind them of what God had done so that as they walk forward, they can be reminded of God's faithfulness. And if He's been faithful before, He'll be faithful again. And I don't know what you might be walking through, But one of the biggest things I want to say in sharing this testimony with you is that God is still faithful. I speak that to myself. I speak that to my family. I speak that to my church family. God is still faithful. And whatever you're walking through, let the Word of God guide you as you navigate through your spiritual journey. God is faithful. God has used many different ministries of the Word, as I've shared that with you. From the Scriptures just coming alive right in front of my eyes, to listening to things on the radio, to to sermons we've watched, to songs we've heard and we're looking up the lyrics. God's Word, we can saturate our life with God's Word and we let the Word guide us. But if you want God to guide you, you have to make those decisions that I'm going to fill my life with the Word. And let that be what resonates in this testimony today. There are so many times where myself and Brady and our family, we miss the mark. Can anybody relate with me on that one? Okay? 
but we go to God, we ask for His help time and time again. God, please guide me. Please help me. I can't do this on my own. And ultimately, I want to stand before you someday, and you're going to say, just like Pastor Dave said in uh, worship, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want to hear that. But I want to be walking in God's ways, walking in His will. The first step in walking in His will is salvation. Putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I give you this last testimony from how the Lord used the word. There was a gentleman that was um, failing physically. He was dying of cancer. And um, I happened to be in the town where, where he was kind of in a hospice situation. And I knew him. I knew the wife. And um, there was plans maybe while I was in that town to stop in and just meet with the individual. And there was some back and forth because, you know, the man was sleeping a lot. And so, you know, is it a good day to come? Is it not? And so I'll just trust the Lord to open that door. And I'm getting done in that town. And as I was wrapping things up, I got a text from the spouse. Hey, he's feeling okay if you want to come. And I'm like, okay, the, the door is open here. And one of the things I wanted to talk about with this individual, I wanted to make sure that he knew Christ as his Lord and Savior. And so as I'm driving to this across the town and, and think, okay, what am I going to say, Lord? You just need to guide me. You need to lead me. I, I messaged a few people. I said, hey, be praying with me. I'm about to have a very serious conversation where eternity is hanging in the balance, and I need you to pray. And as I'm driving, I just remember the Lord telling me, you're going to walk through John chapter 3. And in John chapter 3, it's a story where Nicodemus comes to Jesus under cover of the night because he's a Pharisee, he doesn't want all his religious leading buddies to know that he was actually interested in Jesus. And he asks Jesus, what must I do to receive the kingdom of God? What must I do to get to heaven? And they have this conversation about him being born again. And he's like, born again? He's like, how does that happen? He goes, well, not like physically. Jesus says, flesh gives birth to flesh, and the Holy Spirit gives birth to spirit. Nicodemus needed to be reborn in his spirit. And I'm like, that's the conversation I'm, I'm hopefully going to have. And Jesus then says, you know, the spirit is like wind, and you don't see it, but it's coming and going. So it is with those who are born again. The Spirit does a miracle in their life, and they receive salvation. We don't necessarily see that moment with our eyes, but then we see the transformation, though. We see the new life as someone begins to walk in God's will and in God's ways. So I'm having this conversation with this gentleman. And we get to the point where it's like, okay, I'll probably be leaving here shortly. And I just said, I just got a question for you. I said, are you, are you ready for heaven? That's important to me. And um, in kind of a roundabout ways, well, you know, I mean, I hope, you know, you kind of, there wasn't this assurance. Like, I'm ready. I know where I'm going. This is what the Bible says. I've put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sin. And um, there wasn't anything real clear with that. But this is the answer I got. The way I see God and, and faith, it's almost like wind. And it blows around, and, you know, in, in that moment, and I'm just like, 
John chapter 3. And I, I said, I just want to read a passage to you. I mean, this man basically set up the passage of the Word of God to guide him through. And I said, I just, it's important to just make sure you know you're born again. And so we prayed. And perhaps you're listening right now and you're thinking through your own life. If today was it and you stood before the judge, will you make it into heaven? And if right now you're thinking things like, boy, I hope so. Boy, I hope I've done enough. I hope I've, I've uh, said enough I'm sorry's. All that stuff. I hope I, I've given enough money to this or that or I was maybe nice to this person or that. If you're thinking through those things, that's not your way into heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Do you have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't, if today was your last day, you will not be in heaven for eternity. The reality is there's a ton of people that walk around on this planet and they do a lot of spiritual things they say a lot of prayers and things like that, but Jesus is not real in their life, and so then when they pass away, they end up spending an eternity in this place called hell, a place of torment, a place that Jesus said was designed for Satan and his demons, but because of the curse of sin and people not receiving the gift of Jesus Christ, that's also a place of torment and punishment for those who don't have Christ in their life. Perhaps God is leading you to say, it's time to make Jesus a priority. Ask God to move in your life like that wind, giving birth to your spirit that you might be born again and receive salvation through Jesus. Would you pray with me as we close? Father, I thank you for this time together, and it's my heart, Lord, that as I share, people see the significance of Jesus, people see the significance of the Word of God, I want to make much of you. I want to make much of your ways and the blessing it is to have you a part of my life and to have your word a part of my life. Lord, forgive me where I fall short. And Lord, as we're leaning in together, may we always remember that you are faithful and you can be trusted. And we walk through seasons that are hard and difficult and, and we're in these moments of, of just disarray and we can look to you we can put our hope and our trust in you and Father if there's someone listening right now that as I'm talking about being born again and if 
there's someone listening that desires that for their life, then I invite you to pray with me right now. Pray with me in your heart and say, Jesus, I want to be born again. I want to receive this salvation. I come to you a sinner in need of a Savior. And so today I'm asking for your forgiveness. That you'd cleanse me from all sin, all unrighteousness. You'd make me a new person in Christ. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior by grace through faith. Help me to walk in your ways in the power of the Holy Spirit. Help me to make much of Jesus with whatever days I have left. May I live to bring you honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.